Welcome to Rounding the Earth. I'm Matthew Crawford, and today we've got John Cullen on the program, who has been doing research for um, quite a while now, uh, taking a look at uh, uh, some interesting things that have happened during the pandemic, specifically related to COVID and pneumonia. But I'll bring him on now, and we'll talk about exactly what that is. Hey, John, how are you? Doing well, Matt. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. So um, tell the Rounding the Earth audience uh, a little bit about yourself. Mm -hmm. Sure. So <clears throat> I guess about 34 years ago, I was at Oracle uh, working, you know, not directly for Larry Ellison, but he signed my offer letter. <clears throat> so when I was there, it was a pretty small company. And I was at Oracle, and one of the projects that I worked on early on was the development of a... Uh, mapping system and it was you know one of the projects i did and back then we didn't do that many projects in a year and we only did i don't know four five six projects in a given year per per guy who was running these things so this was one of the big projects i had and if you open up that uh, presentation that i shared with you we'll show that to the audience <clears throat> so they understand what i'm talking about this mapping system is what was being used by uh, johns hopkins to map the pandemic. And this is what got my attention very early on was this was my software, this was my project. So when I saw that Johns Hopkins was using my software from 30 something years ago, <clears throat> you know, for about 60 seconds, I was like, oh, that's cool, right? So they're using my software, that's great. And then I took a closer look and I'd say, I don't know, it took me about a minute and uh, I was sharing this story with Steve Kirsch, and that's how you and I met, right? So you and I were introduced through J.J. Cooey, and I met J.J. Cooey through uh, Steve Kirsch, and I was showing this to Steve. And <clears throat> what I was sharing with him was the whole reason I got involved in this investigation had to do with the map. And what I'm showing you in the audience right now is that according to Johns Hopkins, China has fewer dead than Ohio. Yeah, and I, I've I've never bought that the numbers are that the proportions are so disparate. Right, but it's odd, and it seems like something that you'd expect Anderson Cooper, somebody say, well, Johns Hopkins University is reporting that China has fewer people dead than you know Kentucky. North Carolina, that's what Johns Hopkins says. Now, is Johns Hopkins wrong? Well, if Johns Hopkins is wrong two and a half years later, in other words, I'm showing you this data is right now. Now, meaning this was, I just took this, this snapshot. According to Johns Hopkins, Shanghai has 595 people that died from COVID. And according to Johns Hopkins, Beijing has nine dead. And what got my attention back in March of 2020 was Beijing didn't have 10 dead, Shanghai didn't have 10 dead, Hong Kong didn't have 10 dead, but Wuhan had 3,500 dead or something like that. I said, well, how the hell is this a global pandemic? 
if it's not in Beijing, Shanghai, and Hong Kong, why are we declaring a global pandemic? And I was looking around the rest of Asia and looking in Vietnam and Cambodia, Laos, countries that border China, like Mongolia, and there's nobody dead. So I couldn't understand why was Tedros declaring a global pandemic with less than 10 dead in Shanghai, Beijing, or Hong Kong. And that's what got my attention, and that's how I got involved in the investigation. And what I discovered was incredibly disturbing, as uh, you found out when you and I first met about four weeks ago. And now we'll share with the audience a little bit about what, what makes this so disturbing. So as far as my background, I was at Oracle. Uh, I worked in uh, high tech my whole career, uh, building big systems for big companies. Uh, I did protocol systems for pharmaceutical companies, did banking systems for the biggest banks and you know the stock exchanges and all that. So. Uh, I've had a very storied career. That's one of the reasons why I'm incognito. A lot of big people know who I am. Uh, would In, incognito. Is this why you wear the glasses? Yeah. What is, yeah. What is that? Is John Cullen not your real name? John Cullen is a nom de plume that I took. John Cullen was the first man to confront a wartime enemy on American soil since the 1800s. In 1941, Nazis landed a submarine off of Amagansett on Long Island near Montauk. John Cullen was the Coast Guardsman that was stationed at Fort Hero. He confronted the Nazis on the beach, and a guy named George Dash, an American-German Nazi, tried to bribe Cullen. Cullen said, get out of here. And uh, when he told his superiors what had happened... They said, how do you know they were Nazis? How do you know that was a submarine? How many submarines have you seen? How many Nazis have you met? And they questioned him and derided him. And by the time his superiors took him seriously, the Nazis were already in Chicago. That's where they were rounded up. Okay. So, so I, ex I expected that what I was bringing forward was going to be so strange that it would be ridiculed and derided. And I also sort of uh, anticipated some of this cancel culture nonsense. And so I figured if what I'm bringing forward is this uh, contentious, I need to protect my identity. So John Cullen has a nom de plume <clears throat> as a salute to the man who faced down the Nazis on the beach in Amagansett. Okay. Um, but you've announced that you worked on this system at Oracle. So yeah, somebody, and the people at Oracle, you down. Yeah. they don't know me as John Cullen. They know me with a different name. But I worked at Oracle and built the system, and I worked at Hewlett Packard and built many systems for banks and all kinds of stuff. But uh, if I share too much, people will connect the dots. Like if I tell you three more companies I work for, you'll figure that out in LinkedIn. So the the intersection of Oracle and Hewlett Packard is rather large. Two very oh, big companies. One more question before we proceed. Yeah, the, the Johns Hopkins dashboard, all these these red dots. I feel like mm -hmm. I saw that shortly before the pandemic in a handheld video game that I saw somebody playing. That mm -hmm. was like a uh, it was some sort of like a pandemic management, like like game on their sure. phone. 
Um, yeah, well, I, I don't know if, if, if anybody has seen this game and can point to it. I feel like um, I, I I feel like this game was almost like a test for um, for how people would react to the screen or something. I don't know. Yeah, but if somebody knows possible. this game, send send me a link to it. So I'm 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 just curious. Well, we'll we'll go ahead. And we'll we'll proceed with. Um, you've got a lot of information here about pneumonia. So it turns out <clears throat> what I'm going to share with you with the audience is the data that I found. So I went searching to sort of figure out, well, what's going on here? And we'll see if we can put this in perspective using other data from similar pathogens or what have you. So I wanna share the data first, and then you and I can talk about the different theories and uh, you know, speculate about how this happened, why this happened, et cetera. And I'll share with everybody sort of the reference links and all that so they can go poke around and find the same stuff. Um, but the net of it is, why don't we jump to the next slide here? <clears throat> the net is, according to the CDC's death data, which is what I've been tracking for the last two and a half years, I look at mortality statistics. I, I basically query the wonder database for death certificates. And one of the things I started to baseline <clears throat> very early on was influenza. I said, well, let's take a look at influenza deaths and find out what's going on there. What's going on with tuberculosis? How many people die from tuberculosis? How many people die from influenza? How many people are dying from norovirus? Norovirus has a very high contagion score. So I was looking at all these different viruses. <clears throat> One of the systems I stumbled upon tracks influenza deaths, death certificates that list influenza as the cause of death. And for some reason, the CDC decided to conflate influenza and pneumonia. And so they call it PNI. And if you listen to any of the lectures by Michael Warby or any, any of these virologists, they all talk about PNI, PNI, PNI. That's all they talk about when they talk about influenza because the influenza virus creates a pneumonia state in the lungs. And pneumonia is what kills you. <clears throat> so the virus is just like, uh, I don't know, I guess the virus would be like the fuse that you light on the TNT. And then once the fuse hits the TNT, that's the TNT that explodes. Similar with the influenza and the pneumonia. The influenza creates an environment in which pneumonia takes over. And in some cases, then you have a cytokine storm. And then the body gives in and the, the lungs don't recover. So they've been recording these PNI deaths, pneumonia and influenza deaths for years in the system. And I started to just baseline that to say, okay, how many people die from that? And let's look at COVID and see, well, how does COVID measure up to that? And what I discovered was really creepy. It turned out that there were two pandemics. It turned out <clears throat> that early on, there was an amazing number of people dying from influenza in January and February of 2020. And then along came COVID. And so we'll dig into this more deeply but the net net sort of the bottom line up front is that there were two pandemics, a blue one and a green one and <clears throat> two different systems. In other words, two discrete systems logging death certificates. And that's what I found. And that's what I'm going to show the audience is the data 
that supports this. In other words, what you're seeing on the screen now, the green, that's all deaths with COVID in the United States for the last two and a half years. The blue are influenza PNI deaths. <clears throat> and if you look real closely, you'll see that where the green is somewhat dominant, the blue isn't very far behind. It's kind of right in there. And so we'll take I, a much closer look. I, I'd like to throw this out real quick, though. PNI, not everything in PNI implies influenza. Is that correct? No. Everything in PNI is influenza. There are other pneumonia conditions that are outside of that ICD 10 death code. So you can go to Wonder and query for other pneumonias, but this system is influenza pneumonia. It's the PNI system. So that's all this one is. There are other pneumonia codes. There's other ICD-10 codes, but they're not here. That's not what this is. Okay, that's something I want to look up and be sure about so, so that I understand the data. Um, you know, if you're without the data definitions, um, you know, you're, you're, you pretty much have no interpretation. So that, this is something right. I'm, I'm going to see if I can look this up too while you're talking. Do you want me to move to the next slide? Yeah. Yeah, and there's no need because I, I have it. I have it all here. I have the source. We're going to go to the source website. Okay, I'll, show, I'll show you what data is coming from. All right, so this is what the map looked like back in March of 2020. If you look in the lower left-hand corner, I took this snapshot on March 13th, 2020, the day the president declared a national emergency in all 50 states. There were 5,400 people dead globally. There were not a hundred people dead yet in the United States. Look at China. Look at the red dot on China. Look how big it is. It's pretty big. Pandemic. Pretty big. <clears throat> pretty big. And, and if you look at Vietnam, Vietnam's got a red dot. Thailand has a red dot. But there's nobody dead there. Yeah, and if I recall correctly, Vietnam had zero deaths until Correct. the beginning of August of 2020. By the way, you know what happened right around that time? And, uh, it, it was later. <clears throat> so they maintained 135 dead for a very long time, but they didn't introduce inoculations until much later. And I'll show you guys the correlation between deaths in Vietnam and deaths in Thailand and inoculations. In other words, before they started inoculating, they, they had relative, like less than 200 people dead in I, Vietnam. I, I think the 135 number is the end of 2020, like right yeah. before vaccination, but they had a zero number until mm -hmm. around August 1st. Yeah, I reported on that extensively and on my channel. So if you guys go to the YouTube channel, John E. Hoover, so that's the name of the channel. You'll find videos about Vietnam, Thailand, Malaysia, Japan, Korea. So I was documenting this a year and a half ago and saying, how is it possible that <clears throat> Vietnam has 100 million people and there's nobody dead? Yeah. Well, I, it, I don't know if you're familiar with the story or not, but um, uh, you know, right before their first death, the mm -hmm. World Bank came in and dropped a whole bunch of money on Vietnam. That's weird. The World Bank came in just, you know, just millions of dollars, right? And suddenly they had their first death. And also at that time, they stopped using the hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, mm -hmm. 
protocol. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the azithromycin, that, that antibiotic, that's got to be real important for pneumonia. Oh, yeah. So anyway, I, yeah, I wanted to share absolutely. that story just in case <clears throat> yeah. uh, you aren't familiar with it. No, I'm not. And it's important. So Vietnam plays a very important role here as this Thailand. Vietnam borders China. Vietnam handles a tremendous amount of commerce and truck traffic because Thailand does not have a border with China. So with 100 million people in Vietnam and 70 million people in Thailand, that's, I mean, Thailand is bigger than France. Only Germany is bigger than Thailand and Europe, right? Germany and the UK. But Vietnam is bigger than all of them. Vietnam is 100 million people. Germany doesn't have 100 million people. UK doesn't have 100 million people. Vietnam's bigger. So if Vietnam has no one dead and they share a border with China, I'm sitting here scratching my head going, how is this a global pandemic? I don't get this. <clears throat> I'm just a, you know, but I'm, I'm a data guy. I'm not an epidemiologist. So are all the epidemiologists losing their minds because nobody's dead in Vietnam, nobody's dead in Thailand, but we should give them a red dot on the map anyway? That was the mistake. By labeling them red, <clears throat> you called attention to it. And I'm looking at Thailand and I'm looking at Vietnam, but there's nobody dead. Why is it red? Who designed this system to make it where everything is red? Well, it turns out the configurator of the system is at Johns Hopkins University. And I'm not saying he's a Chinese spy, but he's a Chinese national. His name is Ensheng Dong. And Ensheng Dong is the man who configured the map. And it sure looks like panic is breaking out in China. Well, if we go to the next slide, you'll see that today, there's no big dots in China anymore. What happened to all the big dots in China? Where'd they all go? Now we're looking at Shanghai. It says there's 595 people dead in Shanghai, 15,500 dead in China. <clears throat> now keep in mind, I'm not saying it's accurate. What I'm saying is it certainly should be newsworthy. Why would Anderson Cooper not ask Marty Macquery from <clears throat> Johns Hopkins and say, hey, Marty, your school says there's 15,500 dead in China. Is that accurate? Why are you guys publishing this if that's not accurate? Is it accurate? To me, that seems like a simple question if the whole world locked down based on what was happening in China and Johns Hopkins is telling us Beijing has nine dead and Shanghai has 595 dead. Call me old-fashioned. But let's move on from China. Let's assume China's lying. That's what everybody says to me. China's lying. So we go to Korea. South Korea is 51 million people. That's more than California. South Korea has 51 million people. That's more than California. California is 39 million people. But South Korea has 28,851 dead. Gavin Newsom is approaching 100,000 dead. How does California have three times more people dead than Korea if Korea's got more people? That doesn't make sense. In fact, if you go to the next slide, what you'll find is that Japan has about 46,000 people dead. That's about half of California. But Japan has 120 million people. How does a country with 120 million people have half the deaths of Gavin Newsom in California? How did they do that? What did they do in Japan that Gavin Newsom didn't do 
that Andrew Cuomo didn't do? And why didn't they pick up the phone and call Japan and say, hey, what, what are you guys doing here? You got 120 million people. You got half the deaths of California. Nobody, nobody seems to show an interest in this. I, I remember Japan, yeah, and, and for a lot of Asia, people specifically said, hey, you know, you, you don't have a lot of obesity. Japan's got like 3% obesity. Um, you know, they, they, they don't eat too much crap over there, right? Um, so that's so what we're not going to do now. Let's not get into the whys and the wherefores. Let's just look at the data right now because it turns out obesity isn't even in the top six of our comorbidities. So obesity isn't listed. So well, that's but not... The, uh, a whole, there are a whole lot of um, things that are related to the same condition. I get it, but I don't want to get to the why. Okay. I just want to okay. put the data on the table, put the cards on the table because the audience doesn't yet know the whole story. Okay. So explaining why Japanese people didn't die is jumping to the end. That's what we want to do at the end. So the next slide that we go to <clears throat> is a map from the WHO. So the maps I've been showing you so far are maps from Johns Hopkins. Okay, using the system that I built 34 years ago incorrectly. You don't color everything red, especially when the answer is zero. Okay, when there's zero people dead, you don't put a red dot there. That's not how you do it, right? It should be green. And if the let's say Vietnam had a million cases and no dead, you could say, okay, well, that's a yellow. If you have over a million cases, we want to make it yellow. They didn't do any of that. They just made it red, and that's just terrible. You don't do that. What you're looking at now is the World Health Organization's map showing deaths in China. What's remarkable here is that I took both of these snapshots in the last 24 hours. Why does the WHO and Johns Hopkins not agree on how many people have died in China? And how are they off by such a dramatic number? Johns Hopkins says 15,500 have died in China. The WHO says 27,172 have died in China. Now, again, I'm not saying I believe any of these numbers, but both of these numbers are less than Ohio. How does that not make the news? How does Sean Hannity, Anderson, whoever, whoever your favorite news person is, pull up the WHO's map? I'm showing you guys right now. This is live data. This I just got this today. According to Dr. Tedros and the WHO, China has 27,000 people that died of COVID, less than Ohio, less than Pennsylvania. I'm not saying it's accurate, but if this is what they made the decisions based on, how did you decide to declare a global pandemic? Based on this? Huh? That doesn't make any sense. So let's go to the next slide. Because it gets what, weirder. What was, what was it gets stranger. The pandemic was declared. Was it like late March 13th? March 13th, 2020. Into March. Okay. In the United States. So he declared a national emergency in the United States in all 50 states. And that's how they were able to get all the FEMA, the National Guard call up and uh, do all that stuff. So the other thing that I've been looking into rather extensively are the pediatric deaths. And I've been looking at kids. So how many kids have been dying with COVID that we consider this a pediatric medical emergency? And the numbers have been staggering. So what we're looking at here is the United States. This is kids 5 to 14 years old. <clears throat> 415 kids died in the USA with COVID. 
many of these kids most likely had cystic fibrosis, right? Had other pulmonary conditions that would lead to them not faring well if they were to contract this virus. So 415 kids this age died. But what the green pie chart is showing you is that those 415 kids were comparing them to all the other kids this age that died <clears throat> from other causes. And so COVID is only accounting for a very small portion of the deaths in children five to 14 years old. It's not the major cause of death. It's not the leading cause of, not even close, not even close. So what makes it a pediatric medical emergency warranting the use of mRNA in five-year-olds, in six-month-olds? Six I'm, I'm at a loss to understand it, <clears throat> but it's because I'm looking at the data. In other words, if you don't have the numbers, for example, let's use Los Angeles. Let's say there were 1.8 million children of school age that died in Los Angeles so far. As a parent, if you shared that with me, you say, all right, we got 1.8 million kids that have already died in the you know, school-age kids. About a third of the kids have died. I might take different risks with my children than if you told me how many actually died. Now, <clears throat> the challenge we have is I see everybody going to school board meetings and yelling and screaming about adverse reactions. And to me, that's like investigating the scene of the plane crash. You're talking about adverse reactions. I want to talk about the need for the inoculation. We know it doesn't prevent the disease. That's what the EUA says it needs to do. The EUA says that the product needs to prevent the disease. The president got it. His wife got it. Xavier Becerra got it. Kamala Harris. Everybody who's been inoculated seems to get the disease. So we know it doesn't prevent the disease. So I guess as a parent... I would want to know that it's going to, if it doesn't prevent the disease, at least it's going to keep my kid from dying. Well, how many kids in Los Angeles school district died? How many? How many children in the Los Angeles school, oh, LA County school system of school age, five to 17 years old, how many died with COVID? And wouldn't that number kind of matter when you're making decisions? Wouldn't that number be relevant? In other words, if it's 1.8 million, that would be one course of action. Yeah, so what is the number? Right. So what is the number? And why don't we know? Well, if you guys follow me on Twitter, I'm at at I underscore M underscore John Cullen. I post this stuff constantly. There are 12 children of school age that have died with COVID in Los Angeles. 12 there are less than 40 in New York City. Less than 40 of school age have died in New York City with COVID. In all of New York City, all five boroughs, less than 40. 12 in New York, in, uh, in Los Angeles. So let's jump ahead to the next slide because now we start to get into... And, and those numbers are maximum, right? <clears throat> right, that's died with COVID. Died so with COVID. Yeah. Right. Could have drowned, could have drowned and tested positive, right? Remember, George Floyd was counted as a COVID death. Remember that. George Floyd counted as a COVID death. He tested positive for COVID when he died. Don't forget that. All right. So the number one comorbidity, a lot of people think it's obesity. It's not, not even close. 
Not even close. Obesity doesn't make the top five. What's number one with a bullet? Go to the next page right there. Number one with a bullet by a mile. Influenza, PNI, is the number one comorbidity. Half of the people that died, like 48 point something percent, also had PNI on the death certificate. But what's interesting is if you read the highlighted part up top, only 5% of the people that died had just COVID on the death certificate. Okay, now that doesn't mean that just 5% died with just COVID. So for example, it could say COVID-19 and ARDS, right? So it's still, they just kind of died of COVID. ARDS is like a, a, a state, right? That you can't breathe any longer. So, but the fact that influenza pneumonia, PNI, is the number one comorbidity is somewhat contradictory to what we heard from Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci said that influenza went away. And the WHO said that influenza went away. The problem is the CDC's system, if you go, go to the next page for me, the CDC system that records all these death certificates, this is coming from coroners. This comes from coroners. Coroners are a different breed, Matt. Do you have any friends that are coroners? I don't have any friends that are coroners. Not one. Not one of my friends is a coroner ever in my life. Yeah, so they're a different breed. Coroners don't hang out with doctors that much either. And coroners, you know, there's over 250,000 coroners in the United States, which means that if each one of them addresses people it does. Uh, you're cutting out on us. Uh, you're frozen now. And we're back. Uh, you're back. I apologize. So you're talking about uh, creepy corners? Creepy corners. So coroners are the ones who are reporting this data. And that's where we get it. And so let's go to the next slide. And let me show you what, what, what I did. If you look at the baseline and you go back to 2013, that's what we're looking at here. The data now is going all the way back to 2013. The blue is PNI deaths. So year in, year out, there's a peak. But Dr. Ann Suchet from CDC said influenza is evergreen. It never goes away. You know, people talk about the beginning of the season, the end of the season. People are always dying from PNI, always, all year long, but there is a peak. And in 2017, 2018, 80,000 people died, according to Dr. Fauci. He says that in a PBS interview that I feature in a lot of my videos. So if you go to the next slide, go one more slide in the deck, that's just PNI deaths going back to 2013, just the blue. So in other words, in the system, you can say, don't show me the death certificates that say COVID. Just show me the death certificates that have PNI on them. That's what you're looking at here. Now, if I hit the little radio button that says, and now add COVID to this, you get the slide above it. Go, no, the one above it. Go up. Yep. So this layers the COVID in in green. <clears throat> and so now, if you want me to speculate, the speculation would be, it appears we had a blue pandemic and a green pandemic. That's what it sure as heck looks like to me. Now, and then Mike you sort of saying that, um, you know, these are two sets, but they have an overlap. 
In what way? Um, I, like, you know, if I draw a Venn diagram with, with the blue and the sure. green, there's intersection. Yeah, we just look. Okay. Yes. So the intersection is three sides up, which is the comorbidities. 50% of the green deaths have influenza PNI. So half of those we know are already accounted for in the comorbidity table. So yes, and that's one of the reasons, Matt, why they look so similar. These are two different viruses. Coronavirus and influenza virus aren't even in the same tree of the, like the, the world of viruses isn't the same as the world of animals. They don't use kingdom phylum. They don't use any of that. So it's a different set of stuff. And influenza and coronaviruses aren't even like they're, it, you know, it's like dogs and wolverines or something. You know, they're not, it's not, they're not the same thing. It just so, may interest you. Um, my, my friend uh, that I, that I interviewed last night, my friend, John has hmm? all the death certificates from Massachusetts. I don't, I don't know if you've, if you've seen his stuff yet. It, it's an awesome project, but he's gone through them with a fine tooth comb. Um, not only are, is pneumonia part of half the COVID deaths, but COVID hmm? is half the pneumonia deaths. Sure. And so that, so that begs the question, what is the other half of the pneumonia deaths? And that's the influenza. So that, and uh, Steve brought that up. Steve Kirsch brought that up when he, uh, he and I did a show together about four five, six weeks ago. And he mentioned the Massachusetts thing. And that in 2021, I think there was only one death in 2021. And I'm seeing that in a lot of places where uh, they were front loaded with deaths and haven't had that many lately, but I don't want to get too far off track. The point here is looking at the data from the CDC, two discrete systems, as you just said, the PNI deaths and the COVID deaths are kind of remarkably tracking each other yet, yet, if you go up a slide, go back up one, yeah, look closely like in the valleys on the right side and in the middle there, you see that the green is not the bigger one. The blue is bigger. So in some parts, the blue is exceeding the green. Now, the green, we know already, like you said a minute ago, the green already has influenza deaths. Half, about half, 48 point something percent have the PNI in there. So the green has already got that. But if we, how is the blue bigger than the green for the last six months? That's kind of weird. How would influenza PNI deaths on their own without COVID be bigger than all deaths with COVID? When the all deaths with COVID, we know about half of those have the influenza in there. So if we set that aside, how are the influenza PNI deaths bigger than all COVID deaths for the last six months? So that's kind of odd. And so now you can scroll down a couple, a couple slides now. So the speculation is it appears we had a big outbreak of the blue stuff and it, you know, simultaneously this green stuff came along and we had an outbreak of green stuff. Now, the reason it's kind of a problem for the big name people around there is something that was happening in January, February, March of 2020. And you'll get to that on either the next slide or one or two more slides you'll see. Out of curiosity, at any point, do you have this broken down by age bands? No. No. I'm real curious. No. These are just dead people. All right. Keep going. So those are influenza deaths. That's side by side. Now, so I will I'll share with you sort of my speculation. The speculation is that we had an influenza outbreak 
that was killing a lot of people. And the speculation is that that strain was one of ours. And that in order to cover it up, we needed another strain, another virus from somewhere else that presented almost identically to take the attention away from our screw up or our intentional release. I don't know, but they sure do look alike. And it's almost like you couldn't cover the blue pandemic without the green pandemic. Couldn't hide it without it. So jump ahead one more slide. Cause this is kind of, this is how they got caught was this slide. This is how we caught them. This is January, February, and March of 2020. Blue is influenza PNI deaths. Green is COVID deaths. 4,000 people a week were dying of influenza every week. More than 4,000 people every week. Then COVID shows up. So what was killing everybody in January, February, March? What was it? What was that? There was no COVID here. So what was that? That's influenza, PNI deaths. Have we ever had 13 weeks in a row of influenza PNI deaths in excess of 4,000? No. How do we know that? Because I baselined it going back to 2013, four slides up. If you go back up, there's never been this phenomenon. There you go. That, that was it. You just passed it. Yep. So we have those peaks, but it never lasted an entire 13 weeks of over 4,000 people dying every week. That's never happened since 2013 when they started logging PNI in this thing. January, February, and March. So now let's jump back four or five slides back to the January, February, March slide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one with the blue and the green. This was happening. This was underway. There is an influenza outbreak in the United States with 4,000 people a week dying every week, week in, week out, and it's on the news. It's on the news, and the news is covering. Oh, this is the worst influenza season we've ever seen. And then what happened? The China virus showed up. The China virus shows up. Now, the China virus only killed nine people in Beijing, according to Johns Hopkins. And according to the WHO, fewer people than Ohio. Huh. And Joe Biden didn't really want to talk to Xi about the origins of the virus. We didn't want to rock the boat. Well, if you go to the next slide, what you're going to see is that the same blue virus that killed 4,000 people a week in January, February, March of 2020 has also been killing more people than COVID for the last six months in the United States. Every single week, with no exception, the blue is bigger than the green, and the green is all deaths with COVID, and half of those have influenza in them. So how is the blue bigger? For six months, the last time COVID killed more people than PNI was week number eight. <clears throat> which is February of 2022. So since March of 2022, the first week of March, week nine, more people have died from PNI than COVID in the United States. <clears throat> but all the COVID doctors are running around talking about COVID, 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 and the shots and this and that. But meanwhile, more people were dying from influenza. Now, if I told you that was tuberculosis, 
And we said, well, more people are dying from tuberculosis than COVID. Can we pay attention to the tuberculosis? But that's what the coroners are reporting right now. <clears throat> Put this in perspective. Is this the first time it's happened? No, go to the next slide. What you're looking at here is that that's this season. This is now the last five years. So the phenomenon that we're seeing now where, where influenza PNI deaths are exceeding the all deaths with COVID, that's the last six months, which is on the right. But you see, it happened before. It happened in that valley in the middle. It happened. We've seen this happen before. The system <clears throat> that I'm getting it from is on the next slide. And this is the flu view system. So it's tracking influenza, pneumonia, and influenza mortality surveillance from the National Center for Health Statistics. And they added COVID to this. So this used to just be influenza and pneumonia. That's all this was. And I had to go pull the COVID data from another system and line the weeks up on the spreadsheet. It was a real pain in the neck. And I had to do this every day. And then finally, the CDC decided to conflate the data and add the COVID data to the influenza system, which made it much easier for me. The beautiful thing is up on top, there's two radio buttons. One allows you to look at just PNI, and then the other adds in the COVID. So you can download two different versions of the spreadsheet, and that's what I do. I download just a PNI version, and then I download the PNI version with the COVID deaths to see what the impact is. So that's where I'm getting it. Now, the other big reveal for the audience <clears throat> is that the number of people that die each year from influenza, you're not being told an accurate number. Let's jump ahead to the next slide. This one right here? Yeah, that's a meme from the CDC infographic i guess you'd call this right an infographic meme and they're talking about the 2019 2020 season now the reason this is important that's the season where covid showed up so covid showed up in january february march 2020 we start becoming aware of it <clears throat> march april we start having cases of it. That's the season in which COVID arrives. Now, they tell you that 22,000 people died from flu. <clears throat> but you see the words up above where it says the burden of flu? You see it says the burden of flu 2019-20? You guys see that? What is the burden of flu? What does that mean? Well, if you go to the next page, it turns out the CDC has a very complex definition of the burden of flu. What is flu burden? Well, it's a very complicated formula. I don't know if you can zoom in on that, Matt. <clears throat> can you show people what that formula is? Because this is one of my favorite formulas, right? And, and I, you know how I love formulas that have triangles in them, right? If a formula's got a triangle with three layers, that makes it the best kind of formula ever. So this is how they're calculating influenza burden. It's not how many people die. It's a, it's a derived value. It's not how, how many people die is the tiny little triangle in the top of the triangle. That's how many people die. That's in their formula. So what I keep asking Dr. Walensky is, can you just give us that number? I don't want to know about the beds and how many stays and how many nights and 
it's really kind of irrelevant to me. I'm not a hospitalist. I don't need to know that stuff. I just want to know how many people died. So when you guys are telling us the burden of flu is 22,000, that's not how many people died. That's a derived value. It's a formula. And that's problematic. Go to the next slide. Go to the next slide. And so th what they're doing with this formula is they are assuming that the proportion yeah. of deaths inside hospitals of influenza is equal to the proportion of deaths outside hospitals from influenza. That, Matt, that's it, that it, point. It, Am I right? That's it, what the formula does. It, it's absurd. The whole paper is absurd. Meaning if there's such a thing as like professional nonsense, this is it. This is professional obfuscation and people sign their names to it. I read this entire document on the Johnny Hoover channel. So there's a, a series I do called Bedtime Stories where I read really boring things. And so this is one of the things I read is the definition of influenza burden. And when you hear it, you're just like shaking your head. Like, are you guys, you guys had a straight face when you wrote this? This is absurd. This is absurd. This is professional obfuscation. Now you go to the next slide and I'll tell you what I mean by that. 22,000 people didn't die that season of influenza. 274,000 people died. <clears throat> That's the number. The influenza burden is a factor that's taking into hospitalizations and stays and all who cares I'm, again we're not hospitalists i don't care about that i want to know how many people died this is how many people died season in season out how many pni deaths have there been these are the real numbers and in the 2019 2020 season 274,000 people died it was a new record, Matt. We've never seen that many PNI deaths. Well, what is the ICD-10 code for PNI deaths? Uh, it's on. <clears throat> it's on this splash screen when you go to the mortality flu thing, and we can look at that in a minute. We can look at that. So well, again, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds with this. So let's keep going. This notion that the number you're being told. 20,000, 40,000, 50,000 people die of the flu each year. That's a lie. That's a lie. The numbers are in the hundreds of thousands, 150, 180, 170,000 a year are dying of PNI. And this is the cockamamie formula that they're using to obfuscate what's actually happening. Is this meaningful? To the audience, do you guys want to know all this stuff? You want to know? Is it, or do you just simply want to know how many people died of the flu? That's all I would want to know. Well, if you jump ahead two more slides, <clears throat> there's a slide of Dr. Fauci pointing to a screen. And the screen, he's showing you that in the 2017 2018 season, 80,000 people died. That's what he says. <clears throat> See the first bullet on his screen, 79,400 people died. See that? The problem is <clears throat> that's not what the system says. So the system is on the next slide. And what the system says is that 180,000 people died of pneumonia and 15,000 died of the flu. Can you jump ahead, Matt, one more slide? There you go. 
so Fauci says it's 80,000, but if you break down the PNI components to influenza and pneumonia, neither one of them is 80,000. And if you add the two together, we're at over 195,000. So how the hell is he coming up with 80,000? Oh, right. He's got that crazy formula. He's got the crazy formula. So the crazy formula takes you from 195,000 people that died that season to 80. <clears throat> and this way he has, uh, you know, some plausible deniability. And if confronted on it, he'll say, well, no, that's influenza burden. You, you guys have the paper, right? You read the paper. You'll see the formula. You got the triangle. Just, just to be clear, really, that the 80,000 is from taking that 15,000 number. Um, uh, th those are, I, I, if I understood the formula correctly, it's mm. taking that 15,000 <clears> number <throat> that are reported yeah. in the hospital, and then it's saying because a little less than 20% of deaths occur in the hospital, it, you multiply by a factor, you divide by a little less than 20%. Oh. Go back up. Go back up. We have the formula. We can look at the formula. Scroll up. It's in the... Keep going. No, no, that's that's like the illustration. Yeah, there it is. So the top of the white box has the formula. So you got D to the H, and then you have to do some dividing of a couple other components. So there's a, a couple more moving pieces than just deaths in hospitals. One over the percentage <clears throat> of deaths that occur in hospitals. So I was right. Right, right, right. But there's other factors, right? So he's got other things in here than just the deaths in hospitals. So that's one piece. And then there's a couple other components. But yeah, I mean, that, that's that's spot on. So this is what you've been hearing from the news. When they tell you 50,000 died, 30,000 died, 20,000 died, this is a manufactured number. The actual numbers are what you see on the chart. And so when Fauci says 80,000, neither of the numbers are 80,000. 195,000 died at P&I. That's what was recorded. This okay. is something I've been wrapping my head around during the entire pandemic is finding out that all these numbers that are in the CDC system, you often think you're looking at real numbers and then you read the fine print and it's a yep. model, right? <clears throat> That's and exactly right. The models as they've gone. If you look at the county data, um, like how many people have been vaccinated per county, um, yeah. for some counties, you see 99.9%, 99.9%, and then suddenly it drops to 95% because they realize that the, that they were creating nonsensical numbers with their model. So they, they mm -hmm. capped the model <laughs> to cap it at night, but they, they, they don't really have real numbers. It's, it's not real numbers. They don't care. That's why I'm sharing this detail. In other words, it's one thing to say it, right? It's one thing to just share the hyperbole and say the CDC is full of it. We can't trust them. It's another to look at the documents and look at the data side by side and say, so wait a second, this is how you're figuring this out? This is how you're calculating this? This is nonsense. This is absurd. So let's jump ahead because there's another big piece of the story that the audience may not be aware of. So back in October of 2020, <clears throat> I noticed a phenomenon happening at the WHO. So again, I was looking into other viruses. I was looking into tuberculosis and all this stuff. And I kept finding systems that tracked stuff. And when I looked at this system at the WHO that tracked influenza, I noticed something weird. Now, I'm going to ask you to jump ahead three or four slides, three or four slides. Keep going, keep going. That one. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, perfect. Yep. 
So there was a paper that had just been published that was talking about how there was like no influenza in the United States, South Africa, Chile, <clears throat> one other place, I forget. And so I look at this paper and I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting. So now go back up three or four slides. As I start researching this, I realize influenza is disappeared in over a hundred countries. And yet go up one more Matt for me so I can see the title. Yeah. So the title <clears throat> of the paper is decreased influenza activity during the COVID pandemic from Australia and Chile, South Africa, and the USA. So those were the four countries that these researchers documented. Okay. So I read their paper and I'm like, okay, so these four countries is very little influenza activity. I go to the system and now go to the next slide. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Influenza just poof, disappeared like a Siegfried and Roy act. It's just gone at the same exact time, weeks 11 through 14. It's gone like a synchronous poof. How do we do that? And go to the next slide. Keep going. This is fun. This is like, wow. It turns out that in over 100 countries, influenza specimens. Now, these are specimens, not death certificates. Earlier, we were looking at death certificates. These are specimens reported to the WHO, and they just stopped. So <clears throat> I go back to this paper. I read the paper. I'm like, why did these guys only document four countries? It appears the phenomenon is happening everywhere. So let's scroll ahead. Let's go look at a couple more countries now. Switzerland. It's gone. And what you're going to see is it's weeks 11 through 14. There's a four-week window. And in every one of these countries, it's gone. So Switzerland, the next one. Next slide. Ukraine. Next slide. United Arab Emirates. It's gone. Turkey. Next slide. No. Gone. Do we know how much testing is occurring? No, we don't. But that's that's okay. That's okay. Because it kind of makes you wonder, well, wait a second. You just So in other words, you get a new puppy and you just stop feeding the cat. That's okay. You're just going to stop testing for tuberculosis too. You're just going to ignore it, pretend it doesn't exist. We're going to stop testing for HIV, stop testing for tuberculosis, stop testing for influenza because COVID's here. You can't do that when you get a new puppy. You got to still feed the cat. So that's not a good, it's not a good, you know, uh, that's not a good reason. Let's keep going. There's more countries here. Look at this. United Kingdom. It's gone. How the hell do you guys do that? You didn't try. You didn't make an effort. You didn't spend any money on it. There wasn't a campaign. There were no signs in the subway. There was no carry on sign. Influenza carry on. I didn't see one of those. But you eradicated it with no effort, no money, without even trying. It's spectacular. Go to the next slide where you'll see the United States year in, year out. There's the U.S. where it just disappeared weeks 11 through 14. This is gone, which is phenomenal. You never see that. Go to the next slide, and you'll see the multi-year view where you see, oh, that's the baseline. So this is what we're used to seeing. And then Siegfried and Roy show up, and it's like a white tiger. It's gone. Yeah, the interesting thing, you know, 
I just noticed something that I didn't notice the first time around. Looking at the size of this of this curve. Now it is a little bit bigger than the previous year. It's about the same as the year before that. It's bigger than the pre- it, it, it's a it's a bit larger than average, but not so much as mm-hmm. the pneumonia curve is larger than average. Mm-hmm. And this is leading in. So this stops at week 11 through 14. It ends. So you're not seeing, there's nothing after that. Keep going. There's more. Next slide, you got a, a four of them in a row. I mean, country after country. And one of the, wait, one of the phenomena, go back up to that one. The one on the upper left-hand side there. Um, one of the things that I started to notice was this, how steep it disappeared. So the one on the upper left is Hungary. And the one below it on the left is Denmark. And I'm just looking at like how steep it just, it's like a cliff. It just stopped. And the fact that they all stopped at the same time, just how do you do that? How do you, how do you make that happen? Now, remember the who is based in Geneva, Switzerland, right? So let's jump ahead. There's more. So the next one, we got to you know, look at that. Just gone. Poof. And now it's back. That's remarkable. After like a two-year hiatus, it's back. So that's exciting. You go to the next slide. Norway. See how steep it was when it just stopped? And now it's back. Well, I sent you a little video clip. And I want you to run. And basically what the video clip does is it looks at these missing influenza specimens and time aligns the COVID deaths. Let's take a look at that video, if you can share that with the audience and see, what does it look like if we lay the COVID deaths in on top of these missing influenza specimens? First one or the last one? Tell me what the title is. Uh, is this subterfuge or yeah, what is let's, this phenomenon? Uh, I think they're both pretty much the same concept, so either one will work. Yeah, either one will work. And there might be music in there. So So I'm overlaying the COVID deaths on top of the missing two years, country by country. Thank you. 
So that's a pretty nice coincidence. Seems like everything fits together very nicely. So, uh, I forget who it was. Renee Zellweger? Was she the one who said, you complete me? Was that her line? I forget whose line that was. But uh, I remember that. There you go. So, if you jump forward a couple slides, you'll see a slide that has over 100 countries on the slide where the phenomenon is the same. There you go. It's the same thing. It's country after country after country after country, weeks 11 through 14. It's just gone. And then it reappears a little less than two years later. And you and I did a call, I guess, a couple weeks ago. And there was a guy on the call. I think he was from South Africa. He had a really genteel accent. Nick and he said, There's, no, not Nick. The other guy. Oh, oh Duncan. Duncan. And so, um, and, and I, I don't know Duncan's credentials, but he seems like he really knows his stuff. And he said that there's no evidence of one virus pushing out another virus. And he, was, he said that on the call. He said, I was searching the literature. There's no evidence of this. We've never had that before. And, you know, this is a pretty experienced guy. I mean, I don't know a lot about Duncan's background, but he really seemed to know what he was talking about. And he said this idea that one of these viruses would push out the other virus in a three or four week window, it, it's absurd. It's just absurd. Yeah, there weren't it, that many people that were better, infected. There's much better documentation of co-infection than yes. cross-species viral interference. But, but and I've had some time to think about this. Um, I, I, I don't reject your hypothesis yet. It, initially, initially, I was skeptical. And, and, and I'll talk about this at the end a little bit more, too. I mean, I, I do believe that um, what we have was a pandemic of negligence mm-hmm. in 2020 in particular. But mm-hmm. if there is viral interference, mm-hmm. it is more likely to be from another influenza. And in fact, one thing I noticed right. this time around, one thing right. I noticed this time around is when the flu started coming back in a lot mm-hmm. of these countries, you don't even see influenza B. Mm-hmm. Correct. It's all A. Yeah, correct. It's all A now. There's a little bee over there, yeah. The bee is the it's orange. A tiny thing. little bee. Uh, yeah, all A. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, very little bee, except China. China won't report on influenza A anymore for some weird reason. It's all B now. It's very weird. I can't explain it. So, but again, before we get into the you know the theories and what's going on, we want to look at the data and just present the data as it is with no theory, no suppositions. Just here's what the CDC says, and here's what the WHO says. And when you look at it, it's so bizarre. In other words, the CDC is telling us that half of these COVID deaths have got PNI, and the WHO is telling us, nope, it disappeared. It's gone. There is no PNI. We haven't seen PNI in 18 months. It's gone, gone, gone. And but that's not what the death certificates say in the US. Well, uh, I still want to get down to the definition because the, the WHO says there's no influenza, right? They don't. They don't I, I don't. I assume they're not working with our like our ICD-10 codes or something. Correct. Right? Correct. Correct. Um, it's influenza. influenza we correct. have PNI. I still want to get to the bottom of the definitions because I I don't yet buy that PNI necessarily means influenza. Okay. I I mm-hmm. want to I want to see the definition before I buy that. Okay. All right, so you got to go to the website then, um, the pneumonia and influenza mortality surveillance, and read the splash screen when it comes up. I'll send you the link for it. And it tells you what they have in there. It tells you these are these deaths, right? So that's the pneumonia and influenza mortality surveillance. The name of the system is FluView. That's the name of it. Not pneumonia view, FluView. So FluView is the pneumonia and influenza mortality surveillance from National Center for Health 
uh, statistics and all that stuff. So that's how they define it. So let's see, what else was I going to share besides the missing influenza specimens from the WHO with the audience? Let's see. Oh, okay. So if you jump ahead one or two more slides, three, four more slides, let's see. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. That, that's the system, by the way, the one with the map, the map of the U.S., that's the system that has the definitions in it, and that's the one called FluView. Yeah, that's FluView. So FluView is where the P&I deaths are locked. So to assume that these would not be flu-based, if it's FluView, that's a leap that you'll have to prove. So knock yourself out. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Let's jump ahead. And I'll publish I'll this video in an article, and I'll, I'll do the due diligence before then. Good. I'll, that's I'll good. Yeah, I, I was curious about the same thing. So I went to wonder to find all the different pneumonia codes to see, are these in there? And no, they're not. All right, so this is side by side. So this is where I get into the supposition of, well, it sure as hell looks like we had an influenza outbreak. That's what the blue would indicate. That's PNI deaths. And they've never been that high. So if you, if you don't apply any... Uh, conspiracy theory stuff, and you just take the data at face value, what the blue chart indicates is an influenza outbreak. That's what the blue chart indicates. What the blue and green chart indicates is that we had two. We had a COVID-19 pandemic and an influenza pandemic at the same time, and they kind of tracked at the same time, but it's sometimes one was bigger and at other times, the other was bigger. And that's how we know that they're not double counting. Otherwise, one of them could never be bigger than the other one. That's and how I, we know. And understand, I, I still, uh, right now, your hypothesis, I have a p-value on it with a wide error bar. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 it, it's not zero. It's not 100%. Um, I, I don't know exactly how much I buy into it yet. But, but the interesting thing is, every time we've seen propaganda messaging during the pandemic, mm -hmm. it's been very, uh, you know, exactly backward, you know, in terms of its Orwellian nature, you know, uh, horse paste, right? Um, the the right. attack on hydroxychloroquine that, that yes. began one day after everybody heard it on yeah. the news with Trump, right? Uh, it was that it was snake oil when it's like yeah. the most repurposed drug in the history of yeah. medicine, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and had been, you know, numerous papers had noted to treat it. They also made fun of the idea that this is just a flu. Correct. It was derided. And they didn't want you to compare the two. COVID and the flu. Don't compare the COVID to the flu. And if you listen real closely, what Dr. Fauci would say is you can't compare it to the seasonal flu. So this is where we get into some speculation on if there was an influenza pandemic, if there was an influenza outbreak, why would you not tell everybody about that? Now, we know from the data that I just showed you earlier that 4,000 people were dying every week in January, February, and March of 2020. That's indisputable. That's not a theory. That's data. So why did we not go tell everybody about Tamiflu and Zofluza and Rolenza and that you might need to get tested for two? Is that that complicated? Why would you not do that? So the only reason I can imagine that you might not want people to know that there's a blue outbreak would be if that blue virus 
came from one of your labs, Dr. Fauci. So now imagine, hypothetically, that there was an outbreak of one of our Walter Reed specials, like what you'll find on the next slide, or two slides, go two slides down, and you'll find one of the Walter Reed specials. There you go. So in 2005, Dr. Fauci reconstructed the 1918 H1N1 Spanish flu. This is just an example. They went to Alaska. They dug up uh, an Inuit woman, took lung tissue, brought it back to Walter Reed, sequenced it, and then synthesized it. And in 2005, they wrote the paper and said, here is the H1N1 Spanish flu genome from 1918. And Science Magazine said, well, if we're going to take the story, you're going to have to publish the sequence on GenBank. And so they did. Now, Ray Kurzweil thought that was a stupid idea. So did uh, Bill Joy, the founder of Sun. And they wrote an op-ed to the New York Times and said, if this ever gets out, it's going to kill 10 million people. What are you guys doing? Well, that work by Jeffrey Taubenberger, that's under Fauci's uh, auspices. This guy, Kawaoka, Dr. Ishihiro Kawaoka, is at University of Wisconsin. He and Dr. Fauci don't get along so well. And so this guy makes his own versions of uh, gain-of-function influences. So whether or not it's a particular strain, I can't tell you. I have my theory, but it, it's almost like it doesn't really matter, right? It doesn't really matter. It's like the submarine off of Amagansett, right? Were, were those German Nazis or Austrian Nazis in the submarine? It doesn't really matter. There's a Nazi submarine. So whether it was reconstructed H1N1 1918 or whether it's Yoshihiro Kawaoka's H11N9 that he concocted that got out, the point here is why would you not tell people? Why would you hide an influenza outbreak if 4,000 people are dying every week? So let's go back up two or three slides to the side-by-side. If two, if 4,000 people, one more, <clears throat> two more, there we go. If 4,000 people were dying every week, why don't you just tell people, listen, you got to go get tested. Find out if you have influenza. It's, it's a bad season. They didn't do that. All of a sudden we had COVID from Wuhan and a bat cave and Peter Daszak and Dr. Xi. And everybody's talking about COVID and everybody's talking about Wuhan and I got 4,000 people a week dying of influenza. I could give two hoots about COVID. There's not 10 people dead in Shanghai. There's not 10 people dead in Hong Kong. There's not 10 people dead in Beijing. And 4,000 people a week are dying in the United States of influenza. Huh. Sure seems to me like you guys couldn't hide the blue pandemic without the green pandemic. So you call Peter Daszak and you say, hey, Pete, I need something that's going to present a lot like this problem I have. What do we have out in Wuhan that'll present like my blue pandemic? Because I don't want Walter Reed and we can't take the heat. I don't want, I don't want everybody pointing at me. I need a Wuhan problem. So we get SARS-CoV-2. Now, how do all the physicians not know that the people are infected with influenza, but the coroners do? Well, go to the next slide. So the next slide is, this is the BioFire, the BioFire respiratory panel tests for 22 pathogens. 
what if the strain of influenza that you have isn't on here? What does it say? It says you don't have it. What if you have tuberculosis? What does it say? It says you're fine. It doesn't test for tuberculosis. It tests for five strains of influenza. That's it. If the strain you have isn't in here, it says, no, Matt, you're fine. It's in your head, Matt. You should go home. Have some soup. You're not sick, Matt. The H11N9 that you have isn't in the test. Neither is reconstructed pandemic H1N1 from 1918 because it's a BSL-4 pathogen like Marburg, like Lhasa. BSL-4. There's only one BSL-4 influenza on Earth. That's the 1918 reconstructed pandemic influenza. But it's not in the PCR test. So if you have that, you won't know you have that. That's how you end up with a million people dead from influenza and none of the doctors know, just the coroners do. And because there's a quarter of a million coroners in the United States, it averages out to only four deaths per coroner, Matt. It's not a big deal. And a per coroner level, it, it's four people. And that's a million right there. So it was the, um, was the jump then to mRNA vaccines, was that just taking advantage of an accident? In, in, in your theory, <laughs> um, taking advantage of an opportunity. I'm not going to call it an accident. I don't think any of this was accidental at all. We have, you saw the video from the Milken meeting, the Milken group meeting that happened right after event 201, where Dr. Fauci and the guy from uh, New York magazine, or I forget if it's New York or New York or the, the one that's more erudite, hosts an event with Milken and they're talking about modernizing vaccines and saying that we need an event. And this is in October of 2019, right? So uh, I know uh, JJ Cooey references that video often as well. So clearly they were primed to make the switch from growing in eggs to the mRNA. They wanted to do that. You know, that's obvious. This presented the opportunity. Now we know that the influenza outbreak actually started much earlier in, in Australia in the summer of 2019 and Chile and South Africa. So all the countries that they were saying had very little flu, that's where it actually started, Matt. It started in the summer of 2019. Australia had the worst influenza outbreak they've seen since the Spanish flu in the summer of 2019. That's what happened there. All right, let's yeah, jump ahead a couple, couple more slides. And I know we need to wrap up. We've been going for over an hour here. Um, you can keep going, keep going, keep going. Let's go till we get to Dr. Cameron Kyle Seidel. So Dr. Cameron Kyle Seidel, uh, went, yep, he went on YouTube and said, what I'm seeing here in New York in my ER, this isn't ARDS. This is like altitude sickness. These people's lips are turning blue. But it, it's not their diaphragm. He's like, they don't need pressure. I don't need to give these people. They can breathe. Nothing's happening. It's like we dropped them off at 25,000 feet and they're not processing oxygen. He's like, we've never seen this before. We're all scratching our heads in the ER going, what the hell is this? This isn't ARDS. What the hell is this? Nobody. He's like, this is altitude sickness. You know what they called the Spanish flu in 1918? They didn't call it the Spanish flu. You know what they called it? the blue death 
They called it the blue death because people's lips were turning blue because they couldn't process oxygen. And in the studying that we've done since then, we learned that it was cytokine storms that killed people in 1918. And that was what was so devastating about that H1N1. And and if you think that pneumonia is a high comorbidity now, uh, I talked to Dr. Brian Tyson about this. He said 80% of Spanish yeah, flu deaths. Absolutely. That pneumonia. again, it, it it is the TNT. That's what you die from is the pneumonia. The virus itself creates the pneumonia, but the I'm, virus is the fuse. I'm so absolutely one more here that you might not have seen. Um, yep. Turkey was one of the nations that started using hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin. Or mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it was azithromycin. But um, mm-hmm. look at the rate of pneumonia among people who tested positive for COVID. Phenomenal. That's w- within. I mean, this is this is this is huge. Days. This is huge. And this is what Steve Kirsch said to me. He says, so "Wait a second. He said, so if everything that you're telling us is true here, and this is all accurate, what that means is we've kind of accidentally." figured out how to treat the deadliest influenza thing we've ever seen. In other words, nobody knew there were two pandemics, but it turns out, and I, and I had a conversation the other day with um, one of the frontline doctors, um, the doctor who's from Cameroon, and she was saying that in Africa, we use the ivermectin and the hydroxychloroquine for influenza. Is that absolutely? Yeah, yes, yes. So I was uh, on a radio show with her and she said, that's what we do in Africa. We use those drugs to treat influenza as well. It doesn't, you know, from her perspective, whether somebody is suffering respiratorily from a coronavirus or an influenza virus, they're presenting from her perspective almost identically. So she says she uses these drugs. So this is great to see this. I didn't know that ivermectin was used to treat influenza. She was telling me that they use it extensively. It may be more helpful specifically with the bacterial, like a secondary bacterial pneumonia or something like that. I, I'm not sure. I'm not certain. But I, I want to share this with you. I don't know if you've seen this before. Um, mm-hmm. This is from uh, uh, Burroughs and Burroughs. Um, this is where quinine, from yes. which chloroquine is derived, right. was used to treat Spanish influenza Brilliant. with full success. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, we know that Fauci was listed as an author on that 2005 paper that talked about chloroquine. It wasn't hydroxychloroquine, but it was chloroquine. And saying that chloroquine was effective with the SARS-CoV-1. Now, it never got out of hand, but he knew full well about that. So clearly it was suppressed. And if we know that if anything had been found to be effective, the inoculations would never have received an EOA. Yeah. In other words, if they found that, you know, Nothing all you need is in the UA. correct, correct, correct. So what he describes, what Dr. Cameron Kyle Seidel describes sounds to me a lot like the blue death. That's what it sounds like he's describing. I could be wrong. Again, the, this, the very strain that it is, is probably less relevant. The, the question is, why would we cover up an influenza outbreak and not tell people to just get tested, get Tamiflu, get Zofluza, Rolenza. There are antivirals now that'll treat it. And so uh, let's disappeared too. 
Yeah. Well, I yeah, people like people were calling. Like, yeah. yeah, I think it takes a toll on your career. Again, that's why the the incognito, man. This stuff takes a toll on your career. You step out and say something out of line, they threaten your medical license now. All these doctors were threatened with their medical license. You know, JJ, they kicked them out of, of uh, University of Pittsburgh. So you, if you speak out, that's what happens. Let's wrap up on the excess deaths. This is something a lot of people were talking about is excess deaths and trying to figure out, you know, what is the cause of the excess deaths? And lo and behold, it turns out it's not really that complicated. If we jump ahead to the next slide and we look at um, the excess deaths that are being recorded by the CDC over time, and if we time align those with the next slide, which are the PNI deaths, guess what happens? Now, Steve Kerr says to me, boy, it sure would be better if you overlaid these two. So we go to the next slide and we overlaid the two. And again, you complete me. So if somebody has better data that matches better than what I'm showing you here, I'd love to see it, but you ain't going to find it. Okay. If, if, um, if you have a few minutes, um, can I throw an interesting, you know, I, uh, a challenge from the Massachusetts data. Sure. So, sure. Um, yeah, yesterday I interviewed John Bodwin, and, I, and I've seen his data before. I, I've got his entire slideshow. One of the things that, that you see in that data is from 2020 to 2021 in Massachusetts, the pandemic changes completely. Yes. It Correct. goes from being, um, you know, more, you know, respiratory stuff to more circulatory system stuff. Um mm -hmm. Let me see, actually, I'll, I'll bring, he actually commented uh, on the article that I wrote about it later. Um, you know, one, one of the big things you see is just the, the ages at which people mm -hmm. die changed, right? And uh, I, I've highlighted some things on a snippet of a spreadsheet that he sent me, pneumonia, cardiac arrest, COVID. Um, it, it, these are overall average deaths, you mm -hmm. know, 60-something thousand people a year dying. You can see 75.7, 75. It hovers around 75.6 for a number mm -hmm. of years. Then, boom, it goes up in 2020, and then it tanks in 2021. They go from a plus three standard deviation to a minus three standard deviation. That doesn't make sense. Catherine, Aus Catherine Austin Fitz said it's almost as if we've seen two different viruses. One that was this ruthless killer, ICU, blue lips, can't get oxygen, people were dying. And then this more mild COVID that's almost like a different animal altogether. How is that possible? So I, I think that the data bears out what you're saying. I think in Massachusetts isn't the only place we've seen it. Same phenomenon in New York. New York is so front end loaded with deaths, Matt. It's all like April, May, June of, of 2020. Well, the thing that and, started happening in 2021 that wasn't happening in 2020 is younger people dying, right? During 2020, almost everybody who died was elderly or extremely elderly. Correct. With a bunch of comorbidities. Now, suddenly, 2021, you have people who are, you know, 19. Um, he, had, he showed, what, seven years old, you know, dying uh, shortly after a, a second, you know, dose uh, he showed the death certificate. Yeah, but is right? that um, so? If we look at root cause, though, I'd say the likelihood that that's the virus versus the inoculation. You know, we've got new variables now, right? So, 
the children across the board, when we look at uh, pediatric COVID deaths, it's it's minute. You know, anywhere you look, it's it's tiny. So it, it doesn't amount to a hill of beans is what it comes to. Twelve school age kids are dead in L.A., 40, less than 40 in New York City. So and I bet they were they were already in the hospital. Right. They probably had cystic fibrosis. Right. These kids had had conditions, kidney failure, kidney disease, and then they get this thing. And so, yes, they're they're in trouble. But the number is not significant. The number of kids that are dying from other causes far exceeds COVID. In fact, Matt, more kids die in the delivery room in every state than have died from COVID. More kids are dying in childbirth than are dying from COVID. So if we want to focus on how to save lives, maybe we need to focus on the delivery room because more kids are dying in childbirth than are dying from COVID state by state that those are facts. So I agree though, that we now have these new variables that are taking a toll, which are inoculation based, but that's, that has a different root cause. So the root cause of the pandemic is viral based. The root cause of the danger from the inoculations and all that, that's like a whole nother chapter of, of the story is the danger and the, the outcomes from the inoculations. We saw excess deaths before there were inoculations. And the fact that it matches up with the PNI numbers so at, so accurately, we've never had a million PNI deaths, Matt. There's a million people that died of PNI since October 2019. This has never happened before. And it matches up with those excess deaths rather dramatically. So yeah, with there's that... No, there's no doubt that the PNI is, is a... Uh, an amazing match yes. for the excess deaths. There's no doubt about that. So let's jump ahead and let's wrap this up. Um, I've got uh, a slide with Dr. Fauci and some colorful stuff and a poo bear. Let's show that to the audience. And, Wait, say uh, what? You'll see. Fauci and a poo bear. You'll, you'll see it when you see it. You'll know what I mean. There you go. There he is. Okay. So this is uh, a video you guys can find on YouTube. At I don't the know if I want to. Oh, this is a good one. So the question is, could you hide one pandemic behind another pandemic? And if you could, how would you do that? And so this explores this hypothesis. Is it possible that there were two pandemics, one of which got all the attention on purpose? because the other one was considered a national security disaster. I don't know. But this video on YouTube at the Johnny Hoover channel gets into this. And I think in this video, I might have uh, Dr. Cyril Wecht, Martin Luther King's coroner, uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr.'s coroner. I think I speak with him in this video, a couple other people. So you guys might enjoy this. Okay. Well, um, you know, we'll wrap things up. I'm, I'm still going to say this for anybody who's watching in the audience. Um, before I, I write an article to pair with this video, I do plan to look up the, the PNI definitions. I want to understand that. I want to know what that means. It is, you know, if, if something, if an influenza came through that would not have been picked up on any of the tests that were used worldwide, it may be that influenza did also, you know, disappear in the U.S., but that it, it, if if the PNI 
I need to find out the definitions. If that just includes, you know, maybe it just included pneumonia without any positive uh, influenza tests. You know, I, I, I want to examine that differential. I think that, that, that John's hypothesis has a chance either way this definition breaks down. I actually like your hypothesis better than I did uh, a month ago. And I think the reason why is I, I see less contradiction with my belief that one, um, the the 2020 was fostered by, mm -hmm. by uh, what feels like intentional neglect or, or you know, policy of neglect. Uh, you have people dying in nursing homes, you know, in, in puddles of their own filth like Holyoke, um, then, then 2021 seems like a different pandemic where perhaps the vaccines have begun to destroy people's immune systems or, or, you know, something happened there. We need to figure out what. And there's, um, there's, there's the there's iatrogenic a, aspect of it. There's the iatrogenic, the, the mistreatment in the hospitals. It may, it, what it may be now, what I see is, is your hypothesis could have this influenza strain that we hadn't seen before that is a better viral interference hypothesis than other virus, right? Like I, I, I never, I, you know, the coronavirus drowning out influenza, I never bought that. It's absurd. Story, right. And that's why I was so it, grateful it, when Duncan said it, when Duncan said that, I was like, thank God, somebody, you know, who knows what they're talking about is, is verifying this. So and, imagine this is a strain nobody's seen. It's not in any PCR test, but it presents identically to what you've been told. And then when you layer in the iatrogenic aspect of it, which is when people get to the hospital, they're treated with remdesivir, they're given yeah, all these things. It's one iatrogenic aspect. In 2021, there's a it new changes. element to it, but it's still an Correct. iatrogenic aspect. And yet it's still it still may be the case that what people are that, that these excess deaths are in line with some other, you know, maybe an influenza. Maybe I don't think anything I'm presenting invalidates your theory in any way. I think everything you've said so far, I'm in complete agreement with. I think there's just been other data elements that just haven't yet been on the table for you to consider. And when we look at this other stuff, it's like, well, wait a second. Yeah, if and there were four thousand Spanish flu. It doesn't have to. Be it doesn't. Flu. No, no, no. That's be this other. Um, the, yeah, the, it could be Kawaoka came up with H seventeen N, you know, fourteen, and God only knows what that is. You know, I think there's eighteen to one and eleven to the other. You can go to eighteen and probably eleven. Probably no, it could have been natural. Uh, the the could have been the virus is it has is a segmented virus with these nine segments that permute and move around, and maybe something crazy happened. Maybe maybe all the vaccines maybe. we've used oh, have they chased them into a, a sort of corner. And, and they performed a, a form of permutation that we hadn't experienced before and that, uh, that you know, beat up both or, you know, beat out both A and B. Scientifically, um, it, it makes sense. Yeah, so scientifically that worked. The, that I, works. I, 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 I'm still a little bit weirded out, though, by looking at those graphs and seeing yeah. the, the rapidness with yes. which it crowded out those other strains. That, one's, that one, it makes me doubt it's subterfuge that's it, not that's not natural that's not organic that didn't happen that's what duncan said duncan said there's no way there's no way a strain of influenza shows up and in three weeks it eradicates everything else come on well and it could have been growing i mean you know like when you think about reproduction like what happens is you have something tiny you know it's kind of like the the whole like have one grain of rice 
mm-hmm. on uh, on the square on a chessboard move through the 64 squares? Would you rather have, you know, a, th- a million more each move or would you rather double it each move? And, right. and of course, doubling is the answer, obvi- you of know, course. for those who yeah. learn exponential functions, but you don't know it until you're about, you know, 20, you know, four square, 25 squares in. Correct. And then boom, it's there. No, that's why I always want to go to work for a penny for the first day and two cents on day two (laughs) and four cents on day three and eight cents on and that's all you guys have to pay me. We'll just double it. And then you bankrupt the world and everybody hates you. But that's another I I only need a 90-day contract. I only need a 90-day contract (laughs) and we're good and we're good to go. Just pay me a penny on day one. That's That's all I'm looking for. That's all I'm looking for, Matt. (laughs) But I again I think your theory, and again, I did an interview with a gentleman named uh, Curtis Bay. And his wife passed away, but she never tested positive for COVID. And she was treated as if she had COVID with the protocols, uh, intubated, never tested positive. And it makes you wonder, well, how did she get to the hospital? How did she get there? What brought her to the emergency room? Why was her blood oxygen at 79% at the emergency room? And she she doesn't have COVID. Right. So what is that? Now, the hospital kills her. The hospital kills her with their protocol. So you and I are in lockstep with this. But what got her to the emergency room with a 79% blood ox? Okay, I'm I'm going to steal, man, your point here and say, here's a possibility. Most all of these people who, who get this influenza, there's something there that the PCR test was designed perhaps to pick up. And however, however, it may be that for a handful of people, they got it with a mutation, right? Or, or just for whatever reason. No, I think they did. They absolutely Christian Drosten is, is sort of at the center of this. They absolutely did not want to detect this influenza strain. Okay. Okay. So covered up so so let me go down this this is the second branch so let me go down this one um that that these coronaviruses are just everywhere anyway correct right that they just they just spread through the whole population anyway and so most of your people who are sick are going to have more of it um you know uh uh, they're going to be more susceptible to it because they're already sick. And this is where the theory of co-infections makes more sense, yes. which is that, that you know, in the viral research, when somebody has one viral illness, they are more likely to have these other viral illnesses that Absolutely. go along with it. But every now and then you have a patient like her come in who happens to have perhaps this new strain of influenza by this hypothesis, but didn't pick mm-hmm. up but there was nobody around who had the coronavirus and they were flummoxed the hospital was flummoxed the staff didn't they were like and they kept testing her and she kept coming back negative for SARS-CoV-2 and yet they still intubated her put her on high flow oxygen and eventually her bowels got blocked after two weeks and she died of bowel blockage which is horrific so uh, again this notion that it's a co-infection, right? The CDC tells us that the comorbidity, number one, PNI, right? They tell us right there, half a million of these people had PNI of what we're calling COVID deaths. And yet, you know, when we look around the world and we go to Nigeria and we go to Australia and we look at how many people died there, we know our numbers are hyperinflated, hyperinflated. 
Australia has more people or fewer people dead than, again, Ohio with 25 million people in big cities. That's absurd. So I think there's more to the story here that explains a lot. And the fact that the data just happens to fit into certain keyholes, like excess deaths and things like that, leads me to believe I'm probably onto something. And when you guys read the comments on these videos that I've posted on YouTube and you read what people have written, a lot of the people who watch my videos are doctors, nurses, pharmacists, pharmacologists. And again, it, it's like a magic trick, Matt. If I don't want you to pick a card, it's not in the deck. If I, if I need you to not pick the eight, the eight of hearts, I'm not going to present you with a deck of cards that has an eight of hearts in there. Why did they need to cover up an influenza outbreak? What do we do at Fort Detrick? What do we do there? What do we do there all day long at Fort Detrick? What do we do? Yeah, that is a scary place. Flintstone vitamins? Is that what we do there, Matt? Do we make Flintstone vitamins at Fort Detrick or do we do gain of function? And if one of those things got out, would we go on the news and say, oops, we kind of screwed up down in Atlanta at one of the CDC sites and something got out. And so you might want to see your doctor. Does that sound like something we would do? Or does it sound like we'd blame China? Yeah, I felt like China was um, a setup scapegoat the whole time. But, but China went them. along. China played the game. Well, or, China's or like, some of China did. It's not clear to me that China is a nation that like sways as one, right? Um, Correct. You, you have factions there, and uh, and and China and the the power in China is becoming more and more valuable. I've wondered I've wondered for a number of years now. You know, are, are the Shanghai folks and the Beijing folks folks gonna, you know going to butt heads at some point? Um, it, it, it may it's be it now may with be the that, that, that the U.S. knew the U.S. intelligence knew, uh, and, and you know, they, and they they had France go build that lab, right? Even yes. though everybody yes. associated with training uh, the people there really ahead of time, at least, um, and uh, and and the funding for a lot of the projects was coming from the NIH, which mm -hmm. is you know often just acting as an arm of the DoD, right? So you know it, it, we funded a whole bunch of labs in the Ukraine too. I, I think, something I, about think, Ukraine. I think it's perfectly reasonable that that we could have simply gotten a, a you know a lab or a portion of you know of stuff that goes on in China to go along with us and that it, you know, it may be uh, essentially uh, an attempt at, um, you know, throwing a civil war into China at a time when we know that the dollar is heading toward economic collapse. Well, at the time That's that this a, all happened, so you know, remember, we put the airplane the gears at this remember moment, when so. we put, remember when we put the airplanes away for six months, we parked the airplanes out in the desert. Do you remember that? They took Wait, all the commercial. The yeah, they took all the commercial aircraft. We weren't flying, and we parked the commercial aircraft out in the deserts, like in Nevada and California, uh, for six months. They were not flying commercial aircraft. They were on a real thin uh, group of aircraft. I mean, they, they weren't flying all their planes, and they put they parked them for six months. Effectively, the economy ground to a stop. And that let China reset. Trump had been rubbing their nose in the whole tariff thing. You know, we're winning, we're winning on trade, we're beating China. And they weren't able to save face through that. So with the with the pandemic, it was an opportunity for them to kind of get back at him a little bit and slow things down. 
hit the big red stop button for the world, grind everything to a halt, and then start up again. And I don't know if they fared well as a result, but they certainly went along with it. Again, all the propaganda we saw coming out of Wuhan, and there's not 10 dead in Beijing, <clears throat> they left that out of the story. We just watched the Beijing Olympics last year. Yeah, just a reminder Nobody, for everybody, 2020 yeah, was a year in China with epic, you know, once a century flooding where you literally had millions of people. It, the, the, it was like a pool, like a, a migrant pool that was like over a million people, right? Lots of people, the unprotected people, people trying to find a place to go. This is not yeah, that a was in situation. There, there's that was no the way flooding? in the world, whatever virus was going around, uh, yeah. it, it didn't just miss those people. Well, so and again, we, I we look at the happened. Olympics. I look at the Olympics. We had the Olympics there, all the Olympic coverage. No one mentions that there aren't 10 people dead in Beijing. Nobody mentions this. But according to Johns Hopkins, that's the story. According to the WHO, China has fewer dead than Ohio. But nobody wants to touch that. Nobody wants to question that. I'm not saying I trust it. I just find it fascinating that it, it, it's like the emperor has no clothes. Nobody wants to say, so China has 27,000 dead, Dr. Tedros? Is that true? That's fewer than Ohio. I'm Nobody going to, go ahead to answer this question for um, Ladazal, and and yeah. I don't know if this is going to affect the story or not. But um, it, I don't know what the current answer to this question is. But my wife um, is a um, um, she she's a PhD biochemist. She was a uh, bioterrorism defense expert for a while. Um, cool. What she recalls from you know she hasn't done this herself, so she's just recalling from a class. She she explained it to me. She said um, you know they take uh, samples. Uh, typically in the East, it was, it was, I think it was entirely in China, but now they sample Southeast Asia and Australia also, but they, they find whatever the uh, most predominant strains are and they pick like three, maybe four now, uh, but it was mm -hmm. three back then. And they, they base a vaccine around it. But, uh, frankly, I don't think those vaccines work. So, um, you know, might not matter. Yeah, even, <laughs> even with their best estimates, I think they're usually 40 to 50% effective. You know, some, some people still get sick you guys have do, you, do you share your email john yeah i do <clears throat> so uh you guys can email me um i am john cullen at protonmail.com and you can also follow me on twitter at i underscore m underscore john cullen you can email me at matthew.crawford at protonmail.com but just remember this matthew is spelled with one t not two so um, that's something that uh, that um, people often get wrong because it is not the biblical spelling right there. Indeed, it's family. Well, last thank day. you for having me on the show, Matt. Yeah, I really thanks for coming on and talking with me about this. I'm I'm really glad that we had two discussions about this because I'm uh, I, I'm seeing well, yeah, maybe metal sharpens metal. Um, maybe mm -hmm. it's good that you've had conversations now with um, with with more people. I'm going to go back again and I'm going to talk with um, with Duncan and JJ and and maybe Nick and and see and see if um, see if they if I can't answer contradictions that they might have mm -hmm. had in mind mm -hmm. and and see if um, see if this is a reasonable conversation to continue um, right now I, I consider a hypothesis on the table. That's awesome. Yeah, I look at those four thousand deaths in January, February, March of 2020. 4,000 a week. 
and that jumps out at me. And I look at the last six months, and I say, well, how is the blue bigger than the green? What is it? If it's not COVID, it, it, bigger is bigger, right? So if it's bigger than the green for six months, something is killing more people than COVID. Well, what is that? Because you know how eager they are for it to be COVID, right? So if it's not COVID, I don't know. It's cocksacky. We'll find out. Well, thanks so much for joining us, John. Um, thank everybody uh, for, for watching. Uh, I hope this has been as inter interesting and educational. It, it's definitely uh, been interesting for me. Um, so, um, yeah, maybe we'll have uh, John on again sometime. I, I'm curious to think this over. Curious to know what other people think. Uh, you know, uh, drop us a comment. And if you appreciate the show, you know, drop us uh, uh, a, a donation or a super chat or wh whatever they call these things, whatever the cool kids say these days. Thanks, guys. Take care. <laughs>